0: You are listening to the Gen Zen Broadcasting System. It's time! It's time for High Spots and Sheep Hops for the Intelligent Wrestling Fan. And now here are your hosts, Vlad the Impaler and Silicon Steve Valley. High Spots and Sheep Hops! We are back! And professional wrestling has changed as we know it. This is Silicon Steve Alley, and I'm with the Impaler. Impaler, CM Punk, we said it was going to happen, everyone knew it was going to happen, it happened. Give me your reaction to what could be one of the most, dare I say, game-changing and needle-moving moments in recent wrestling history.
1: Yeah, I would say you nailed it with that description because it really definitely put the term professional wrestling back into the uh into the conversation. Uh it got coverage on SportsCenter. It was picked up on other more mainstream media outlets. This was a big deal. And um and I got to say often these sort of big deals that happen in wrestling especially on the WWE side of things is usually mishandled. Yeah. Okay. This was handled perfectly. Um I just I just thought it was great. You know, like it, it couldn't have been more perfect. Um even down to the, like the minor, how can I put this? There's like a minor thing that I, that I picked up on that AEW did not do that I know that WWE would have done, and it just it's an irritant, right? CM Punk was out there that old that whole time while he was out there holding court. You didn't hear one peep come out of the commentators at AEW. Uh, they just let him breathe the moment. And controlled the pace of it they didn't they didn't inundate you with just noise in the background just watch and absorb and and just realize you're witnessing history and i thought it was great and 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 honestly like at wwe it would have been like the king or somebody ooh, like making like 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 reactions like and almost just overdoing it when it's not needed and i just thought it was great like you know, from beginning to end. Um, it was great to see him. You know, he's aged well. Like he's um and his reasonings. I I, I particularly I've watched it three times, I gotta be I gotta admit it, admit to you. Like I've actually watched it three times. And um and I just love like him admitting that he's doing this for himself as well. Like, you know, he's like You know, you mentioned he's doing it for them, but yeah, you know, he's going to be, he's not going to lie to you. He's doing it for me too. And I thought that was a great like line. Just that's how honest he's being. And, and you know what, like, you could just genuinely see how happy he was and the whole line about leaving the place that made him ill. That hit me the first time I saw it second and third time it was, when he said it, I think everybody in that room and everybody watching on whatever medium that they use felt that that place was driving him crazy. And he had to leave. So just, I, I loved it, man. It's one of my favorite moments in wrestling. And you know what, like short of it being just totally mishandled, which I don't think it's going to be, because I think he's got enough influence there and, um, he seems to have some sort of plan. I mean, he went and got the ice cream bars two years ago. They pretty much lined it up two years ago. So he knew he was going back, but he was just careful about with who. And he went to the right place. Um, this would have been ruined in WWE. They don't trust him. There's some sort of, there's definitely bad blood, as we well know. And and now, man, holy cow. Like, he's he's right off the bat working with Darby Allen, who's one of the, I don't know, like heroes, like almost like this, this guy's going to be incredible for this company and for many years to come. And he's going against CM Punk and it's great. So yeah, loved it from beginning to end. I don't want to, uh, you know, just, uh, monopolize all this time and these thoughts about him. But, uh, it, it was just, it was just so damn cool to see it. Loved every second of it.
0: Yeah, oh my God. I mean, it was. I've watched it probably six or seven times. And wow. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things. My wife is like, really? Again? Say. That everything you said is one hundred percent true, and my whole vibe with everything that he came out and said, I just really loved the moment there was. And this is the difference. This is something that we missed and we missed for a very, very, very long time. And honesty in the art of professional wrestling. And CM Punk and AEW embody that. And I'll tell you what, you know, we hear the CM Punk chants. It wasn't about CM Punk the guy. It was about the idea of what professional wrestling should be. And when he went away, there's a couple guys, and I got to give the credit to the four guys that started this company with Tony Khan. You got to give credit to Cody, Young Bucks particularly, but also Kenny, for continuing that spirit and and giving the middle finger to the WWE saying, we don't care about your money, we want real professional wrestling. And that was the passion that was missed severely when CM Punk was in his quote-unquote prime. But as we well know, professional wrestlers can go well into their 40s and still be top drawers. And this is a guy that has not taken bumps for seven and a half years. So it is some absolute, just exciting times. It was so cathartic, not just for the fans. and Of course, the, we, we know the, the, the awesome dude who was so moved to, to tears over Punk's return. Punk was in tears during his returning. He's sitting on his knees, looking around, and he was really just taking it in. You saw that was a genuine, real moment. And the moments just – they always talk about moments. These moments in WWE just seem so fucking constructive and generic and constructed and, and, and synthetic.
1: Manufactured.
0: Synthetic.
1: I said manufactured.
0: Exactly. Manufactured. Uh, exactly. Yep. And that's something that AEW tries to steer away from to a certain extent. Now, look, at least in this moment, we're just going to talk about Punk. It was cathartic. And CM Punk back represents real professional wrestling, is back possibly to the mainstream. And, and, and CM Punk, we never were able to really see how brilliant this guy is. This guy was helping book Ring of Honor and help produce Ring of Honor. This guy has goals and, and actually has written months and months of television for WWE. And off, most of the time, we're not, they didn't use much of it. But CM Punk, he created a lot of that stuff and he made a dollar to 15 cents. He wasn't supposed to be a big deal in WWE. And he just connected with the fans and they couldn't deny him. So they brought him to just about the event, right below Cena, but they never put, put that rocket ship behind him and see what he could do.
1: Right.
0: And that was a fork in the road in WWE because why did CM Punk got a promo. It was a heel promo. And... The story goes on that promo, with that pipe bomb that McMahon thought he was going to get booed out of the building.
1: That's great.
0: And meanwhile, he, he becomes a legend. And becomes so popular, you had to re-sign him. He was so fucking popular after he dropped that pipe bomb and the buzz about professional wrestling happened. McMahon had no choice but to re-sign him. Yep, do a long-term deal and give him a title yep so but they never strapped that rocket to him and he was bitter about it and yeah it's going to be interesting to see how much he references wwe moving forward but we're gonna get some reactions i mean booker t was going off said he he totally missed it. booker t thought it sucked i wonder why booker t same reason that Sam Roberts thinks that Brock Lesnar and Becky Lynch is as big of a deal as Sam Punk coming back. I
1: right. wonder
0: why. I wonder why. And that's the thing. It's like if you play over there with WWE, you lose your part of your honesty. Sam Roberts, I used to have a ton of respect for, but now he's a WWE shill until he, unless he can't be, unless he's completely oblivious to it. So, I think it's pretty awesome overall that CM Punk had that moment, and it was perfect, like I said. And I think your boy Cornette said it best, just like we did. We wouldn't have booked it that way, but it was absolutely perfect, and it was better. And it's going to be slow burn after slow burn. There's so many things to do with CM Punk. And, yeah, it was definitely the biggest moment in AEW history and yeah. arguably the biggest moment. Because one thing to start a wrestling though. But now that you have CM Punk, a lot of people are going to start paying attention. ESPN reported on it. I mean, it was a mainstream story.
1: The the, the the aspect I really love about his return is this, right? When he did the pipe bomb, do you remember what shirt he was wearing? Oh, was wearing a Stone Cold shirt. Right, right. And as we all know, The golden era, the attitude era was Stone Cold versus McMahon. Stone Cold versus literally the authority. And CM Punk wears his shirt while he goes and does the most uh, revolutionary speech on WWE airwaves ever done. Will never be topped. He has this history with Vince specifically and with WWE and then firing him on his wedding day at A.G. Lee, future endeavoring him on that day. And then he takes a hiatus and then he shows up here at AEW and he can literally, and this is where I getting back to my main point could become actual like stone cold looking to take down WWE and Vince McMahon And trying to bring them almost to their knees creatively and probably financially in terms of viewership, because if they can go and swing the needle to being closer to like 2 million viewers on their shows and they're competing with WWE in those numbers. Now we have once again, a competition. And he could be the driving force, almost like Stone Cold, looking to actually bring Vince down to his knees. And this is where it's getting, good could, could be really special to me. We, we'll never see anything like this again, considering the timing.
0: It's an incredible time in professional wrestling. This is an un- unprecedented time in professional wrestling. And it's an exciting time, because I'll tell you what, folks. And maybe I'm ringing the bell too early. But I'm looking five years, ten years down the road. If WWE thinks that they're going to turn their brand of professional wrestling, they can call it whatever they want. They can call it sports entertainment. They can call it Vince McMahon's dick on a pole. I don't care what they call it. It's professional wrestling. It's their brand of professional wrestling. And if what Nick Khan and Vince McMahon's ideas that we've heard, if that's the way they're going, I cannot tell you WWE is going to be a viable entity in ten years. Because they think they're bigger than they are. But the question is, do they have a guy at the helm like Vince McMahon was 25 years ago? Do they have a guy like that at the helm that can turn their ship
1: around? I don't think they do. I'd say not only do they not have the guy at the helm, because if it goes from Vince to Nick Khan, and, you know, you and I could maybe dissect it more in another time. But, like, to me, it's just the obvious thing is, like, you would – you should prop up Triple H to become the creative soul of that show, <clears throat> uh, the product on anything on NXT, SmackDown, and or Raw. He should be Vince. Is what it should be at this point. It's my opinion. Um, but not if you have somebody yours, that, like, by make... the
0: way, my friend, not just yours, a lot of people have been saying that for years.
1: Right. Yeah, and, and just, and, and I could be wrong, but I like what he's done in small samples would say in NXT, where it's like he made the, like there was a passion about it for a period of time. And even when you get past the creative part, when you look at the pieces that they have currently, they don't have a young crew to go and compete against AEW and what they have. They don't. And, and you know what? I'll, I'll be honest with you. If I was Tony Khan, one of the things I would do, and I hate to say this because I know it's like considered like a nice guy and all this, but I'd look at that roster because they are going to be losing a lot of TV time on a lot of the people that were on that show for the first two years. And truthfully, I'd consider start looking at some of the roster and saying, okay, let me, all right, Silicon City Valley, I'm going to throw a first name at you. Considering all the names that are coming here, would you keep um, um Janella?
0: Yeah. I, I don't think you okay. can get rid of anybody. I don't think you're starting to get rid of anybody. However,
1: I, I, I'm going to say why I would. But like, is there anybody on there like that would maybe surprise me that you would say, "Yeah, I would probably cut him." If you were playing fantasy owner,
0: everyone plays a role in this company to I mean, uh, you know, because a lot. I'm not going to talk about the dark. You know, the guys that spend their, their weeks and days on Dark. Um, that are not signed, by the way. A lot of those guys on Dark, AEW Dark, are not signed to a contract. For example, uh, uh, Uwego Del Sol. He wasn't signed to a contract, but he's been on AEW television a lot the last two years. Right. So I'm talking about strictly people who are signed. And, I'm, and the first one that comes to mind is Marco Stunt, but he plays a role. He plays a pretty yeah, – Yeah, yeah,
1: Okay. Yeah, like the Marco thing, what I'm gonna say is name a wrestler they would consider cutting that Vince would go and basically look to start putting money towards because that would be one of the first to come over from AEW and he would misuse them and realize and not even realize like they're not gonna do anything with them properly in WWE, anyways. Like I would start floating this sort of stuff back his way, considering you basically just acquired Bray Wyatt, Adam Cole, Malachi Black, CM Punk, Day- Daniel Bryan. There's got to be somebody on the roster where I would just go and confuse Vince because he might be like, "Oh, they came over there. This is uh something we could use." Uh right. maybe he had to the- who, who Would it Brian? Yeah, you know what? Brian Cage would be the perfect one. It, he Vince would not be able to hold off of him and then they would just misbook him as you could like it would be like the Lex Express or something like that. You get a title shot, man. You get a title range. I guess. Oh, Brian Cage would become a champion. But, like, I, there's something like that. They would just fumble. And they would be like, Brian Cage would be, like, he would be that guy. I don't know, he'd be the perfect one for Vince. He would. Vince wouldn't miss a beat. with it It'd be almost like he left AEW to come and join WWE. Brian
0: Cage hasn't gotten a huge opportunity yet. I know he's been an FTW champion, but the guy can cut a promo, and he's a good wrestler, and he's a, very athletic. And he looks like a
1: beast. And that that would be Vince's like, dude, he would bring him in and that would be like huge. For sure. So that's the guy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that that would be a perfect one. And that's the sort of thing. If I was Tony Khan, I would consider doing, man. Like, yeah, Brian Cage is like, he's just not, there's not a spot really for him. Ricky Starks is, is, is taking his spot. Literally. And do you need yep. another
0: big baby, big old yep. baby face? I mean, what's Lance Archer? You know what I mean? There's too many. Yeah. But hey, look, yeah. They, but matters, yeah. they book kind of like New Japan does. They, everyone has a role on their card,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yep. you know, and, and they and they they keep it within the sport aspect of it. And That's part of the commentary. Just part of their presentation. That yeah. it's a sport. Yep. You know, yep. wins matter.
1: So yeah, but, but yeah I just well, yeah, we're just talking about the CM Punk thing and, and and you know the impact of it, but yeah I was just hypothetically saying if I was in charge of AEW just to mess with Vince I would start looking at my roster and be like yeah you know what like this might be something to, like sort of save some money A and B mess with Vince weaken him from the in- inside there A and they would
0: they'd snatch up rankage. Now back to CM Punk. Yes. So there were just two parts, and you saw once he got off to his knees, then he was, all right, I'm in the moment now, Now I'm going to enjoy it. I think this really organic stage dive he did into the crowd was amazing. Everything was just so organic and so beautiful and so honest. And he absolutely – let me tell you a story. He sat down, and uh, great story about Ring of Honor. And yeah. what's interesting is that I do remember – watching Best in the World, and I actually watched Best in the World, the great documentary at the WWE Network about CM Punk. Yep. And he had mentioned that he absolutely loved Ring of Honor, but there was nothing more he could do there, and they weren't going to pay him any more money. And, you know, he knew how good he was. Yep. And then he, you know, and the story, even the beginnings of, of WWE were, were terrible, and that's how he become, it came the Paul Heyman guy.
1: Yep. It's Paul Heyman believed in him.
0: And other guys, you know, so CM Punk is coming back with a vengeance. And you know he's going to be driven to hurt that other company. You hate to say it like that.
1: And and it's part of it. It's definitely part of it, man. And you know what? If they start faltering or, God forbid, like Vince tries to get ballsy and send somebody out there to cut a promo on Punk to go back and forth, Punk is going to have a field day with that, man. Oh my
0: god! I don't, I don't think they would. I don't. Th- I don't think for a second that they would let. They, they think
1: that would be a good idea. I would hope not. I mean, I actually I wouldn't mind seeing it myself. But I mean, they don't even acknowledge AEW. So it's okay. You
0: don't have to acknowledge them. I. By the way, this Friday night spot might be monstrous because if you're yeah yeah and you're already in wrestling mode, all you gotta do is flick the channel. I mean that is yeah. top notch, and they're. Yeah. I mean.
1: It's good. I, I kind of like the Friday night wrestling night.
0: Yeah, now that I'm old. I don't, I don't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow night is a wrestling night now. You know? Yeah. And luckily, I come home late enough where I'll be able to fast forward through the 80% of SmackDown I usually do. And then Basically. I run right, right into AEW. Or I don't even watch SmackDown. I just go right into the AEW show and then I uh, watch SmackDown tomorrow the next morning. But I digress. Um... Let's talk a little bit something that you pointed out twice today, and and a couple people have reported on it, but not widely known. The initials that have been written on the side of CM Punk's two different pairs of shoes that he's worn on his first two appearances, including the Rampage interview with Tony Schiavone last night on Wednesday. First one was AC. That was on Linux
1: City. Yes. No. That's silly. I don't know. I, I'm probably wrong about that. Yeah. But it seemed like to be a little bit of a hint there, Mr. Valley. <laughs> well, we certainly think
0: what we thought. I mean, let's, we're going to go into that, too, by the way. And we're, going to, of course, alluding to Mr. Adam Cole. Yes. He, he, Adam Cole is being reported, despite the fact he did do an appearance today for one of his toys. Which, by the way, folks, Adam Cole is going to be getting paid by WWE for the rest of his life on royalties for his stuff. So, if anyone's wondering why he's stooping his shit for WWE, that's why. Yeah. That's one of the big reasons he's doing that. Everyone was like, oh, maybe he's going to sign. No. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Um, and we're going to get into that, too, with the All-NXT the way he loved. We have so much to talk about. Jeez, yes. So, he had AC on, which many people have referred, possibly out of Cole. Yeah. I thought maybe it's Cole Mendez, but maybe not.
1: And he also makes a, He also made a Britt Baker reference. You sure did. You sure There's, made a – yeah. yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you do the line.
0: You guys sure know how to make a fellow feel like Britt Baker in Pittsburgh.
1: And he gets a pop. And it was great. And it's like, you know, how, how honored do you think she was? That that's like one of the first things that he says. He totally puts her over, and there's got to be a connection, to Adam Cole, amongst those three there, and that's just going to be awesome. Well, there's for, the so for him to, What's what's that? Oh, they, well, they they all share
0: the same passion, man.
1: This is something yeah, that yeah. they
0: all believe in. Real professional wrestling, to its core, the honest professional wrestling, where there's real yeah. emotion, not as you called it you know,
1: manufactured,
0: manufactured bullshit. Yep. So CM Punk comes back out on rampage and, and on that particular interview with Tony Schiavone, and that was the first time to my knowledge, Tony Schiavone and CM Punk were ever shared a ring together. Yeah, that that was historic. And you could tell CM Punk kind of dug the fact that a guy he grew up watching was interviewing him and Schiavone looks great. Just dyed the beard.
1: And you know what I love too is like Shivani is like really lovable. Like there's such like a positive vibe to him and he's out there. with punk and they're both enjoying the moment and are playing off of each other. It was great.
0: Um, it was fantastic. I can't hear you talking. That promo was great. We're going to get into that shortly after we talk about BW, which were the two initials left on Friday. I went last night on Wednesday. Yes. Many people are speculating. Is that Bray Wyatt? Now, Could BW be anything else? Is my question. Because Bray Wyatt, why would he do Bray Wyatt? Unless there's a reason. But Punk might be having something. I started thinking about this. Maybe Punk is doing the death of people of who they were in WWE. uh,
1: To me, it could be something like he is putting them on there, and it's like he's telling Vince that this is where these guys are coming, and just watch what happens. He's gonna they're gonna go acquire Adam Cole's one of the best promos in the business and puts on matches like Shawn Michaels in the same ballpark. Like let's put it that way. All right. And then they're gonna go and hire also Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt, AKM, Wyndham Retundo, who is one of the best minds out there for wrestling. And not only is it one of the best minds, he has such a unique look that it can't be replicated or manufactured. And they're going to add that to the mix with CM Punk and Daniel Bryan and Malachi Black and the elite John Moxley. Blake like, becoming ridiculous. They're going to have to add another show. <laughs> well,
0: at least another hour to Rampage. Rampage will probably get another hour. They might do 10, 10 to 12 moving forward once they get a little yeah. bit more popular. TNT wants to see how it plays out. because Friday night's a rough mm-hmm. night, but it really is incredible when you start thinking what this roster will look like within the next three months. It's incredible.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, But CM Punk, his second interview focused more on the now focused more on Darby Allen and focused more on just again, still basking kind of in the CM Punk is back kind of vibe. Yep. And really liked his promo. Obviously the highlight of the promo is when he asked the crowd, if, is CM Punk still the best in the world? And the crowd, they did a very similar chant, which I have never seen in AEW, to my knowledge. Yeah. It might have happened once. I'm not sure, though. The good old-fashioned Daniel Bryan Yes chant. All right. And the great line, which was totally on the cuff, because he didn't know they were going to do that. That's some other guy's shtick. You might have to be a little bit more patient for that.
1: Yeah, and then it was just great, like because you just felt the joy come into that arena. And and what, what I'm quickly realizing with CM Punk, not only is one of the most magnetic personalities in res- pro wrestling history, he's also one of the worst uh, at keeping secrets. Like everybody knew he was coming back. That was um,
0: intentional, though. He's been very clear. right, right.
1: Yeah exactly again but you know it's a leak and then basically yeah so the Daniel
0: Bryan's uh, by the way
1: Yeah yeah and then you, you like you also have the AC the BW and now you have like the uh the Daniel Bryan reference too which is which like
0: we are going to be at Daniel Bryan's or Bryan Danielson's first appearance at AEW if the rumors are true but that's a big stadium as well Yeah so they book these stadiums saying we guarantee we're going to pack them all right, let's think yeah. It's a great idea because it still builds the anticipation, yet it doesn't. Because AEW, they also sometimes keep really great series, secrets. They, they they do exactly. It seems that AEW, let's get out what they want to get out. Yeah. And and Brody Lee and CM punk referenced that Brody Lee's uh, illness previous prior to his death. That's one thing. No one knew anything about it. Let his wife. Yeah. Do it. Deal with what needed to happen. CM Punk said that was one of the big moving parts for him, for me. So there is that. Uh, It was great, man. It it, it is exciting. It it was akin to a a guy coming up to a party and saying, hey, man, good news. My buddy's bringing more beer. Like, we're getting another favorite indie guy coming. And it's really an exciting, amazing time in AEW. And CM Punk now has, once again, 10 years prior to the last time has changed the world of professional wrestling this to quote John moxley, this is probably a much bigger paradigm shift than even John Moxley could ever drink he could bring to the table
1: yeah, absolutely man So anyway. listen, the Moxley thing coming over there gave them like a quick uh legitimacy uh, with grabbing Dean Am- Ambrose to go and like cross on over to become John moxley once again. big deal, but yeah. Like really nice deal for sure, and then you go and top it with CM Punk, and it's amazing. It's just like it couldn't be any better, man. And and what I what I love about it too is just he seems so damn happy. He did. Yeah, so it's like it's it's really a, it's it's a special time. It really is, and then we'll go to
0: the we're gonna go to my I think the second story of AEW this past week. Malachi Black, main eventing last night against Brock Anderson, cut a promo, which I loved early in the night. And they perfected his entrance this time around. And the crowd is so freaking into this guy. Everything he does. Malachi Black, when when you think of people that are out of this, these six guys, going back four or five months ago, CM Punk, Dan- Brian Danielson, Bray Wyatt, Adam Cole, Braun Strowman, and Alistair Black. Out of those six guys, who do you think you would you would suggest? Not if you just watched WWE television and you yep. didn't know this guy's potential like you did, and I didn't really. And if you thought those six guys? You're really surprised right now. That Malachi Black is this good, and you're really and you're really happy because this guy's a main inventor and an, and it is becoming very much becoming an attraction at AEW of the yeah. likes of like a Jake the Snake Roberts tw- mixes with the Undertaker mixes with you know almost like I don't want to say it's as cheesy as Gangrel, but it has like a Gangrel vibe to it, but it's a little. Much more badass. I'm trying to think of somebody else who would remind me of him. Obviously, The Undertaker, obviously, Jake Roberts, but it's just Mm -hmm. the guy is special. Yeah. Special, special talent. He is a future AEW champion, no doubt about it. Oh, yeah, man. And what did you think of this spot? Brock Anderson, I don't think anyone thought he was going to be ready. I think he did his job. He was going to go out there into the JOB. And he did. And Brock Anderson did his job perfectly. And so did everybody do. Uh, if you didn't see it, folks, talked about it. Uh, after making quick work of Brock Anderson, including a black mask, then Arn Anderson comes in. Alistair, Ma- oh, sorry, pardon me. Malachi Black brings in a chair. And Arn Anderson stands up, says, I'll fight you, but put the chair down. He puts the chair down, blocks a black mask. But then to make black sure mask. He- that too.
1: The black, black mass,
0: mass the, the same, yeah, that's what uh, that I said.
1: Yeah. I thought you said mask with no, a K. I,
0: I might. The black okay. mass. Yeah. He, he misses, he gets the, the black mass is blocked, and then in true heel style, kicks Arn Anderson directly in the balls.
1: Yeah, that was a great, great turn right there, man.
0: And then does the black mass on him. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. It leaves both Andersons lying. And another part of this there where I thought out that Malachi Black did a really good thing, the crowd was chanting for him to kick off Brock Anderson's head again for a second time. Yeah. yeah. And I think if he did that, he'd be playing to the crowd. He'd be playing as a baby face. I thought it was yeah. very smart. I don't know if he was supposed to do a second one or not, but it wouldn't have surprised me if Black called an audible and said, no, I'm not going to give them what they want because I'm a fucking heel. And I'll, be, yeah. I'll kick Ar- Ar- Anderson's head off and they won't like it as much.
1: Yeah, he's going to kick them in the nuts first. And you know what was cool, too? I liked how like iron block the first one, like he still got a like a, a bullet in the chamber, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like and then okay, then he you didn't see the uh, ball shot coming and then then black mask just goes and wipes him out, <laughs> you know <laughs> What are you gonna complain <laughs> no yeah, I like like they set it up really nice and then um and then you know, uh, I was Arne Anderson
0: little... did a lot of shady shit back in the eighties
1: <laughs> <You can laughs> he say. did. yeah Yeah. I mean like as far as uh, I gotta say though Brock Anderson I think he's gotta get like a lot more work in man like it's it's a he's very green for sure and uh, I get it they're telling a story here and again I you know I was a little surprised that Dustin didn't run out yet
0: I think Dustin's taking some time off his show's premiering in a couple weeks oh he's being a dad he's taking some time off to be a dad which he hasn't really had a huge opportunity to do so but you're talking about Cody or Dustin. Oh, yeah. You said Dustin. Dustin, oh, yeah. Dustin, I apologize. Dustin. Yeah. Maybe he's afraid or maybe he's injured. I don't I don't know what Dustin's deal is. I would like the Nightmare family to be disbanded though, because it's a joke.
1: Yeah, but you know what? It's like it's sort of coming back to the old um that promo that Malachi did about the horse and all that. And it was like it was there was like almost like references to Dustin and and then like, I, I, who's the guy that ran out from the uh, f- from the Nightmare Family to go save them at the end? Shoddy Lee Johnson. Shoddy Lee, that's him. And, and I'm like, uh, you know, here we go, more fodder from for Malachi Black. Basically, he's just gonna kick this guy's head right off.
0: <laughs> he ran away. He was afraid of big Matt, big big Shoddy Lee.
1: Yeah, I saw that. He was uh, trip, totally uh, shivering with fear. Um. Yeah, I, just, I, you know, I kind of want to stoke this up a little bit. I don't want to see another jobber from the family go in front of him again. I mean, I guess he's just going to kick the shit out of him, too. And then eh, this is all leading to Dustin. He just, he declared war on anyone who,
0: even remotely. And he said it. And I, uh, what a promo he cut too early. He's like, yeah. this is what's going to happen. And he has a slight accent because he is from uh, Europe. Amsterdam. Amsterdam, which means he smoked a lot of pot and did a lot of mushrooms growing up. That's what that, everyone knows that. Anywho, he has just been building this beautiful, just it's a symphony the way he cuts a promo. Um, buddy. And by the way, sidebar, Buddy Murphy is making his Impact debut, I think tonight actually, or next next week. So obviously the forbidden door is blown wide open between Impact and AEW. But it looks like Buddy Murphy's going to spend most of his time over on the Impact channel, which I actually thought for him was the best move, because AEW's getting so oh, impact. And maybe Malachi Black makes an appearance over there every once in a while and he'll kind of like be the the minion doing his bidding over
1: on, on Impact. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to see Buddy Murphy Russell uh, at AEW on, on occasion. I, I think it's great that he, if he's in Impact and he's doing uh, consistent work there for sure. But to go and bleed him into AEW, especially if it's on behalf of Malachi Black, hell yeah, I'll take that.
0: And so, so Malachi Black
1: after, yeah. So we
0: talked about everything that happened there. Malachi Black, just to talk about him real quick, he has become an attraction and a main event in a very, in very short order. Within, what, two months? Yep. You want to see everything this guy does now. It's incredible, and maybe I'm putting him over too much, but even the entrance doctored up. Always looking at you, see a good message from him and a good sign that look. I think my entrance could be cooler, and he made his entrance cooler. So he did the two okay. spots. So when he's walking down, lights go out, and then they come back on spotlight right on. But he's on the second turnbuckle. Lights go out again, and then he does it again. And the next time you see him, he's sitting in Indian style. With that creepy-ass mask on. Yep. And it is, uh, what a presentation, and what a job by Malachi Black. Anything? So, we got that going on. AEW Dynamite overall, though. Vlad the Impaler, what were your thoughts about this amazing night? What stuck out to you other than, obviously, CM Punk and uh, Malachi Black?
1: Um, Let me think. What else stuck out? Um, trying to recall, man, because we're jumping around a little bit. Uh, give me some, lead, give me some, what do you want to talk about? Which, what matches?
0: Well, so what did you think about these? I'll tell you what. So I really, really enjoyed a couple of things I want to talk about. Dark Order. A little dissension there. We know what happened. Hangman Adam Page got beat up by the elite. He's going to spend time with his a. He just had a baby as well. And Alex Reynolds of the Dark Order is having some dissension with Evil Uno. And Evil Uno kind of got a little evil yesterday as Alex Reynolds was saying, hey, look, Evil Uno, just because your name's Uno doesn't mean you're the leader. And then Uno said, well, you should go back where you belong in John Silver's shadow. And. Walked away. Everyone looked dejected. Even cult Cabana looked like, well, it went too far. And Evil Uno said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But you're starting to see that Evil Uno, I think the Dark Order, happy-go-lucky Dark Order is over. And yes. there's destruction of it. And as you, as you made reference to, perhaps Wyndham Rotunda comes in and, and takes a lot of them under his wing. And the Cult of Wyndham gets morphed from the Dark Order. But not sure where they're going with that, but I can guarantee T Silver and Reynolds will probably be babyface.
1: Yeah, that, I would say that would make sense overall. Um, yeah, there's going to be a split, and some of them are going to go the heel route, and some of them are going to stay babyface, and it'll be intriguing to see where that goes. Um, oh, I did enjoy the uh, the Matt Hardy match, to, the lead off actually, with Orange Cassidy. That was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, uh, Matt Hardy's entertaining me. Just uh, the whole, like, shtick with the money and him picking it up again, like, during the match, making sure he got everything. It was great. I think
0: he got one yeah. now.
1: Yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> and then um, you see Matt Hardy try to grab that back out, out from him. He realized it was missing. So it was just...
0: <laughs> he got busted open, too. Hardy was bleeding like a stuffed yeah, pig.
1: Yeah, yeah, he definitely... Uh, he was definitely... Uh, Showing some color there for sure, and that was, but not yeah, it. I wasn't. No, no, he went the hard way, yeah, he did, he did. Uh, yeah, so it was, I was, that was a pretty good match, uh, for sure. Um, trying to think what else, uh, you had the whole um FTR situation. What are you thinking about that?
0: I love what their promos are doing, I love both these teams, and I'm really happy. And I know you, we we'll can get this this a little bit later. Cause we definitely got to talk about MJF and Jericho, which we'll talk about next. Yeah. I like the side storylines of this inner circle pinnacle feud a lot more than the pinnacle, you know, yeah. this Jericho feud with MJF. If you really think about what they have accomplished with it, it's actually pretty incredible. And I know you've been sour on it, but if you really think about everything that they've put into this story over the last two, you know, almost these last two years, really, it's pretty incredible. Um, so Pride and Power, Proud and Powerful and FTR. I think whoever wins that quote unquote feud, I think they're the ones that are gonna get the next shot at
1: the other box. Yeah. I hope FTR.
0: I mean it should be. The only thing is, is who do you I mean FTR are real scumbags, and so are, are they They're almost two, both two equally horrible in terms yeah. of teams right now. But it would be fun. The crowd would be into it. I tell you, I'm on team FTR.
1: No, definitely. I'd be on team Pinnacle.
0: Oh, absolutely, he can't not be. But that's what's kind of cool. You're, so, you're
1: getting kind so of a, you, you uh, would be a mark for you would be a mark for the Pinnacle versus the Elite. Then MJF versus Kenny. No, I would the take Kenny box. over
0: MJF. I don't want Kenny to beat MJF, which I, by the way, a match I want to see tomorrow. Yeah, but I would take. I want Kenny to win. I would then take you'd FDR. have.
1: Uh, Oh. Yeah, the FDR over, over the young bucks, and then
0: um, there's no one else in the elite much, that's relevant.
1: You could have like Wardlow against uh, Gallows. That would be good, right? No, no, no.
0: Yeah, I mean that that is not a deep bench over on the elite.
1: Nope. <laughs> <laughs> they're, fought, they're 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 he, Kenny Omega is surrounded by jokers. That's all. People oh, trying to bucks,
0: be. No, it's the it's the three the elite the actual. Elite. Then they have the two students. The two, the be, I guess the best case scenario. I guess the best thing to call them the, the two sidekicks. A sidekick that dude. Do. I,
1: I don't listen. You have two guys that you know. One's last name is Anderson. And the other one is uh, built like a monster. And like one of them is spending time doing a uh, sour face sort of impersonation. And I mean, could you imagine Ric Flair like hanging out with these guys when he was world champ?
0: Ah, oh, sour, sour boy is the worst. Seriously,
1: like he's the worst. What was there? There's nothing entertaining about. It. He's just so sour. He's just so.
0: It's not his fault though. That was Gallo's fault last week. He pissed in his drink.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it just. I mean, it's just hilarity. And this is where, like, I feel like they, those guys, take Kenny Omega down a few pegs.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. I just, well, they're having a blast. They don't give a shit. What you think. But uh, this is the thing you got to understand. Sour Boy, they don't do Sour Boy for us. They pop themselves. The Young Bucks love Sour Boy. I don't know. I, don't, I, I didn't like Sour Boy initially. I liked the last
1: couple you are so just like like, like stupid shit. You feel like, like you know. feel like you're one of them. You're like, oh hey, I'm in I'm on in on the joke. I get it. And it's like it's just it's just mindless shit, really. Well,
0: I've been known to make a dick and fart joke in my day, so I'm certainly not gonna judge gallows for that. Um <clears throat> did you see one of the scenes? And I don't know if it was you I was speaking to, it was somebody. Yeah, it was you. I think you said it to me. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't see it, folks, it's on one of their pay-per-views the worst pay-per-view ever, too, I think it was. And there was a strap-on dildo or a dildo with a suction cup on a bench of sorts. And Doc Gallows was trying to stick Anderson's mouth in it. And it was just the weirdest spot I ever saw in professional wrestling. I did not see the context of it, Maybe it had It might not have had any psychology, and I know how the wrestling fans hate that.
1: No.
0: So, yeah, not a deep bench for the elite whatsoever, but I don't want to spend too much time killing Gallows. That's not what people want to hear. MJF and Chris Jericho. And let's talk about what we saw. Jericho comes out. And something that I think we both spoke about, and we actually both even, I think I know I did, and I think you did as well, predicted that Jericho might take the retirement match against MJF, and it looks like that's what's going to be shaping up. It's exactly what's going to be shaping up. Jericho comes out and says, I'm Chris Jericho, and that's why I have to do these things. That's why I have to care so much. And MJF comes out and cuts a perfect promo for what he needed to do. Yeah, he did. Perfect. And he's always perfect. Has that guy ever cut nothing more than a 9 or a 10 promo?
1: No. No, he's great. He doesn't mix well with the pores, though.
0: (laughs) So, Jericho... What are your thoughts on this segment overall?
1: I thought it was a pretty good segment. I mean, yeah, I'm just getting tired of it. I'd like like to see them go their separate ways, but I get it. This is the crescendo, if you will. So, uh, you know, this is putting a bow on it. And uh, personally, I think Jericho is going to win this thing. Um, I don't think he's just going to be – you know, corralled into just being an announcer. And you know what? On dy- Dynamite, what do you think about the announcing crew? I forgot to ask you about this. Oh, I mean,
0: I'm tolerating Jr. is something, but other than that, I love. I think I absolutely. But
1: do. it's well. It's usually it's Taz, Excalibur, Jericho, and Mark Henry.
0: Oh, you're talking about Rampage.
1: Hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Rampage. Rampage. Yeah, yeah you're correct.
0: Yes. Was it Taz? I thought it was Mark Henry, Tony Schiavone. No. Schiavone was on it last week
1: on Rampage.
0: No, maybe it wasn't. No, it was Taz. You're right.
1: Yeah, it's Taz. He's it's, been there at both shows.
0: Because he dropped the ice cream on himself.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. He ate it like uh, he got right, right in there. He had no sort of humility. I appreciated that.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, you have. That's a lot. I don't know about that. You know me, I don't like too many cooks in the kitchen. I actually would usually prefer a two man booth, completely honest with you. But they're doing the three man booth in such a way where it's not obnoxious. So, you know, WWE made the three man booth a cliche and a bad one at that. Okay, we have to have the heel here, and then we have to have the baby face here, and then we have to have the play by play guy kind of side with the baby face most of the time. It's just the same formula, and then you can hear Vince McMahon's stupid fucking words pouring it out of their mouth, and it's just
1: obnoxious. Yep. So this one has four. I'm like, what do you think of Mark Henry on the on the crew? Not your fan. Not a fan of it. Okay, not
0: so far not uh, So far, I don't. I mean, I don't care enough about it to even bitch about it. But no, I don't. I, I don't like Mark Henry as a commentator so, so far. And I,
1: and I and I thought Jericho was a little bit too high energy.
0: And I don't like Jericho as much either, to be honest with you. I think Jericho is over uh, – he's a he's already a caricature of himself. Yeah. And I don't know how great he's really going to be at it now moving forward. I really don't. Initially, I thought I, I yeah, it would be like a glove. But you're yeah, right. Yeah. He's always and, – and and he's stuttering because he's trying to say something outlandish or something cliché or something, and he just doesn't get it right away, and he stutters yeah. a lot. Yep. Yeah. And he misspeaks often. And if I'm going to hold JR accountable at his age, I got to hold Jericho accountable at his age. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. It might be the trauma that he had when he fell off that cage during war games. I mean, his family was scared for a good two set,
0: probably a good second. Oh! Oh, he's fine. Cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I thought it would be a home run with him on, on the uh, comment commentating uh, table, but yeah, it's just like he's got to tone it down a bit.
0: Yeah. And look, he's just he just really started, started. You know? yeah. The only thing is, is Jericho, is he at the point in his career where he's going to say, okay, I need to look at what I'm doing? I don't know if he's there. I, I think Jericho thinks he's almost infallible, and his opinion is probably as good as anyone else's.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't think he would take like uh, creative notes very kindly at this point. I think he'd be like, "I know what I'm doing."
0: Yeah, exactly. He doesn't want Tony Khan telling yeah. him what to say.
1: Right, exactly. I was, and and you know what? I, I would say that there's been a couple things there that he's been sort of screwing, but um, but yeah, you know, like overall with this with MJF and, and Jericho. Um, I'm hoping this is the final chapter for quite a long time. And by the way, the MJF shirt where he had MJF three and Jericho blow zero, it's I, I, evidently they're selling them on the AEW shop.
0: I already have five, three coming.
1: Yeah, three of them coming. I
0: wonder <laughs> yeah. if Jericho's going to resell the Jericho three Goldberg zero shirt. <laughs> He's,
1: that intentional, having-
0: by the way. Knowing MJF and the student yeah. that he is, that was 100% intentional.
1: Yeah. He's good. He's good like that for sure.
0: My udders are getting sore. I love that line.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) So great. So funny. So we had that. Then we had the elite cutting a promo Don Callis, Kenny Omega, my two favorite stooges ever Nakazawa and Brandon Cutler. And. They start cutting a promo on Christian Cage, bringing up some old bad blood. They're trying to conjure up between gone just to, I guess to bring up a little bit more bad blood here, Don Callis firing him after his first television appearance back 27 years ago and kind of bringing it up. Christian Cage, they've done a great job booking him. I mean, he was almost booed out of the building when he was toe-to-toe with Jungle Boy in that, uh, that battle Royal. And they turn it yep. in where he's actually a believable baby face. He's getting big pops. So yeah. They turned, they booked him, talk about booking somebody right. I mean, we were shitting on Christian Cage. I was laughing at the fact he would be in the main event at all out. Now he has no chance in hell to win that match, but it's more entertaining. It's more viable.
1: Yep. So what did you think?
0: How did you like the, you think you know me line from Kenny Omega?
1: Yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah, it was a good, uh, a good reference there for sure. You think
0: you know me? You think you know me? <laughs> Kenny Omega does stuff like that all the time. And if you're not looking for it, you miss it, And that's the kind of thing that Kenny does. And he's always done that. And it's, it's been, Kenny Omega is very quietly having a really good title run. So you got to give him credit for that.
1: No, I don't. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding, man. It's just I just I, I, there's, there's so much Kenny like love all the time. It's like it's not perfect to me.
0: Well, that's because you listen yeah. to Tim Cornette. He's poisoned your mind with some toxicity.
1: Mm, I, I actually appreciate Brian Last's uh, uh, opinion on him even more so because I know Cornette's totally skewed. Oh my god, he's been good though. Yeah.
0: Cornette yeah. came out and he was said that the CM Punk thing is perfect. There might be some. It's funny in tragedy. Sometimes bridges are are, are built, and yeah. there could be a way they can make money. I mean, imagine yeah. Jim Cornette rolling with fucking FTR.
1: I mean, that writes itself right there against Young Bucks. I mean, it yeah. would be- and I like the and I like the Dan Lambert thing because it's actually taking pieces of what Cornette has said and like critiqued them, and it has been overly critical. I'll even say. And they're using Dan Lambert on the show almost like being that mouthpiece and saying very similar things. And I love that aspect of AEW and and that character. And it makes me like uh, uh, Scorpio Sky even more. And Ethan Page now being associated with him.
0: It's amazing. Uh, this guy is money on the mic. He's just he's yeah. I didn't know anything about him until I guess he's a big UFC guy. Um. <laughs> He's a natural. He, it's very yeah. similar to McAfee. They, both of these yes. guys came over to the world of professional wrestling and they just get it right away. They know yeah. what to say. They know what McAfee, God bless him. He's been brilliant lately, even though we yeah. didn't have the best weekend last weekend, but we'll give him a pass. Um, so that's pretty much what we got from a lot. There's a lot, tons of stuff more at all out, but we wanted to get through the big pieces. We want to check out our... Our Dynamite review that is also on Spotify. Our last episode, so please check out all the other things that happen on AEW Dynamite. And what else do we got going on? Anything else to, in, in Dynamite? We also had Britt Baker and a really horrible match
1: between. Oh, it's bad, so Red, bad. Man. Velvet
0: Jamie Hader, couple botches, and yeah, Britt Baker's getting cheered no matter what. So it It's weird. They better do something with that because she's getting cheered everywhere she goes, and she's diabolical heel.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a strange uh, it's a strange dynamic going on here, and it's like he, she is so trying to be a heel, and then the fans are like she could go and just hit somebody over the face, like across the face with a chair, like even just unaccosted, and and they'll pop for her. like she could do whatever at this point.
0: It's the um, Stone Cold thing when he started getting popular by
1: accident. Yeah, it's 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 a bit similar at this point. Um, Becky Lynch yeah. a couple of years ago before they ruined it in some ways, yeah. I what, Britt Baker's sure. my
0: favorite uh, women's wrestler right now. And she's been for a while now, actually.
1: Hmm. Mine is Chris Statlander.
0: Well, the, the division is ultimately, as soon as she took that title, the belt got bigger and just the division seemed more legitimate than some Japanese girl I barely knew. You know what I mean? Yep.
1: Oh yeah, you yeah. I don't know yeah. what
0: her deal is. Why does she dress like that? I don't know.
1: Was <laughs> she dressed like a a doll you'd find in an antique store?
0: <laughs> oh no, that's the uh, that's not that's not Hikaru Shida. Oh, you were speaking oh. about Miho, Rio.
1: <laughs> yeah, the first champion that they ever had.
0: I don't know what was going on with that. I think she might have known somebody in a high place.
1: We we'll probably have to ask Kenny Omega about that that decision
0: wrestled him to a draw when she was four
1: i know i know well it's another it's another way he elevated professional wrestling
0: you know kenny's talked about that because that's obviously one of the biggest critiques of his career is that he's done those ridiculous matches those gimmick matches he's wrestled nobody he's wrestled the blow-up doll he's wrestled a child he's wrestled three dogs and an in, in, in indian with curry make sure people know i'm not racist uh, it was Jinder Mahal. Kali. Only, only two-star match Jinder Mahal ever had.
1: And you know, and Meltzer's very liberal with those stars when Omega's involved too, so must have been a hell of a match.
0: He gave Kenny, Kenny Omega took a shit earlier in the day, and Dave Meltzer gave it a seven-star shit. It was amazing.
1: <laughs> He's like, that is one of the nicest BMs I've ever seen in my life.
0: I tell you what, when you talk about movements, it's just It just really, Kenny Omega just gets it, man. You know, I mean, he really gets it. By the way, Meltzer's crowd's going to come after me. Look out.
1: Watch out. They're going to come. They got pitchforks in hand.
0: He retweeted me and disagreed with me, and I might as well have told his mother to suck an egg because the Meltzer crew came after me with Reckless Abandon. All you got to do is read the Observer. Just read The <laughs> Observer. It was almost like it was like a cult. It's like, yeah. No, you don't it. get it. If you don't read The Observer, you can't know Dave is right. Who wrote, who wrote uh, The yeah. Observer? Who wrote that, in The Observer? Dave. That's how he knows. You must it's join different. us and read The Observer. Join us. <laughs> us. One of us. One of us. <laughs> Mabel was the third man in NWO. One of us. <laughs>
1: yeah man
0: so you're right but anywho so brit baker yeah but they're gonna have to do something with that they'll probably make her a tweener after the Statlander lander thing and they'll probably have her a few now they were a little weird because she did have a match with against nyla rose if we remember and she's a full-blown yeah. heel so i think that's part yeah. of it. so maybe she is kind of a tweener right now i think
1: she's I, a tweener
0: think, yeah yeah so she's a tweener right now but The problem is she has a very similar problem that Roman has over on SmackDown. She doesn't have a top baby face to feud with right now. Statlander's not it. Who else is
1: there? Oh, there's one on the horizon, I'd say. Ruby Soho? Bingo. They're going to go, and she's definitely going to be the face, and she will go and challenge her. And I hope Rick Rick Baker destroys her. She's not, in, she's not on Britt Baker's League. At least she hasn't. No, she's before. not. She's not anywhere near. And they're, and they've shown
0: they're not just going to give WWE people a push if they're not, they don't have something good for no.
1: them.
0: No. You don't only have to have, be liked. You have to really be able to be part of a story that can sink someone's teeth in, that people can sink their yeah. teeth into. Stat I'm not sure what she's doing. She's an alien, but she's banging Orange Cassidy. I don't know. Is that even possible? Is that weird? Interplanetary he love making.
1: Yeah, I mean, does he get annoyed with all the boops?
0: But I do like Statlander. I think it's going to be a great match. I don't love the build to it, though. But that's all right. Don't yeah. even love the build to it. So that's all I have right now for AEW this week. We also have Rampage. What did you think of the first episode of Rampage? Obviously, CM Punk was great. Did want to talk about Darby Allin and staying in his relationship with Moxley and Kingston. I think they're setting up for a feud where Mox and Kingston turn on the face painted brothers of Mystique.
1: Is that that fits on a t shirt?
0: Brothers of Mystique?
1: Yeah. The face painted brothers of Mystique.
0: But we'll just, they'll just be the brothers of Mystique. I like that.
1: B O M. They're the B O M, the the bomb. Yeah, for sure. It's pretty good, for sure. Get so, get with Cole, get with Cole Cabana and pro wrestling tees and get that on there immediately. So what else we got in the roller before we get to WWE? We have
0: Adam Cole's last day under contract is tomorrow. I guess it would be today since we're recording is at one thirty in the morning.
1: Yeah, Uh yeah, man, Adam Cole, baby. At uh, AEW is what the uh, all signs are pointing towards. That'll be awesome. Um, yeah, but and besides that, it's just it's a good time to be a wrestling man. This was an important week for sure, considering what happened in AEW CM Punk. What's on the horizon with them for sure? And then we'll be talking about WWE shortly here too. And their generic manufactured push to sort of compete with what's going on is my two cents. The lead into what we're about to discuss.
0: Ooh, by the way, I do want to give a shout out to Miro's hot wife and his vengeful god.
1: You can't forget that. It's
0: so fun. I just want to say that before we go. That was a great segue, but I fucked it up. Uh, I do want to say I love the shtick with Miro, like he's a real soulful, religious man, but always talks about his hot wife.
1: It's yes. Just, it's his diet. Yeah.
0: And, and they're booking him great too. Oh my God. me. Yeah. But anyway, as you alluded to beautifully, parlayed. To WWE SummerSlam, and we're also going to talk about a one specific match in NXT, and I also want to talk about the reaction Karrion and Cross got after his match at Takeover, and see what your reaction is to their reaction. Yep. Uh, but first, we'll get out talk about the elephant in the room, the two big comebacks. But we'll start with John Cena and Roman Reigns, and the big comeback of Brock Lesnar after the fact, after the match. This match, what did you did you did you, were you able to get to see this match? Or you didn't see SummerSlam at all, right?
1: Nope, didn't see it.
0: All right, so this I is what happened. Yeah. So this is what happened. Vlad the impaler is gonna get the story of the Cena Roman Reigns match. First pan from the Silicon One Steve Valley right now. Do you feel the magic running through your brains right now?
1: I feel like Merlin, man.
0: So Cena came out, you know, six foot three, two hundred and fifty something pounds chiseled chiseled looking like a bmf he came out trying to get roll-ups and small packages for the first couple minutes of the match One, two, three. Oh, One, two. i almost got you Ooh, and finally roman he, he got and he almost got a two and it was like a two and a half but it wasn't even a legit two and a half and then she was like oh it's two He's like, and roman just looked at him like a two count in a wrestling match? What the fuck? Like, what did, is that? Why is that even a big deal? It I mean, happens all the time. It makes it made no sense. Like, Rome was like, "Why is he?" It's stupid. It, I almost thought like Rome was like, "Is he serious right now?" This is stupid. Like he had to look on his face like, "Why is he making a big deal?" That he just counted my shoulders too. That's not. That's not how that works.
1: Right. But Jesus Christ. Of course so, and hand grenades.
0: Oh my goodness! So that's what happened, and then. Roman took care of it. It was a typical Roman match. A lot of beating people up outside, slow methodical beatings. It was they were trying to do a squash match. In fact, Michael Cole used said this catchphrase. He does anytime there's like almost similar squash match. It's a la Brock Lesnar, Cena back in 2014. This is getting, this is this is getting uncomfortable is the words he said. It wasn't that bad. It was just he was just beating them around a little bit. But anyway, they have their, their big spot. They both hit their finishers a couple times. Double AA from the top. That was the one moment you thought for a second, maybe, but then I'm like, AJ Styles kicked out of that motherfucker a couple of years back. There ain't no way Roman Reigns yeah. kicked out of this. So once he hit that, I I knew the match was gonna be pretty much. I actually thought for a second maybe he would get. A roll up, jerk off roll up or small package to win the match. If they actually did go that route, I also thought maybe Roman would have gotten a small package, a nice little turn reversal, which would have been interesting and people would still hate it. But instead, Roman gets a couple of Superman punches in and then gets his 14th spear of the match and pins John Cena for the one, two, three. And as he's celebrating getting laid by Paul Heyman, hello. And it was a very cool moment. Brock Lesnar came out with a full-blown beard and a ponytail. And he looks like he ate, he looks like a guy ate the old Brock Lesnar. And he looks jacked.
1: And he was dressed. And I saw from the pictures and videos, he was dressed like Dean Ambrose.
0: Yeah, he did have, he did in fact have jeans on. And he was actually, I didn't make that connection. Maybe he's taking that. Maybe he's going to come out and be the lunatic
1: French. Exactly. He's like, I got this idea for a gimmick fence.
0: Oh, okay. Welcome back. So he comes out, did not have a huge interaction with Paul Heyman, though. I was surprised, but they're going to wait on that. I'm sure that's going to be part of the story. I'm not going to, whatever. He was pretty much locking eyes with Roman the entire time. Probably much what Heyman wanted. He's like, hey, don't make me a big part of this moment. You guys need to have this moment. Mm. And it was a cool moment. But nothing big happened except for that. Roman Reigns walked out, and they go off air. Crowd was not as into it toward the end of that segment, though, if you notice, They were into his arrival. But yeah. then when he walked in, and then Roman just walked away, the crowd was like, all right. Eh, all right.
1: And, then, but, and then after they went off air, he went and kicked the shit out of Cena, right?
0: How great is that? He went and gave, it took him to Suplex City.
1: Cena's just awesome. He'll take the job. He'll take the beating. He makes everybody look good.
0: I mean, he really is a selfless dude, man. He's showing so, yeah. I mean Hogan, if he ever was making those those two, those one two appearances every year. Or so he always had to get go over on one of them.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Cena's just given back to the to the organization. But Cena was also critical in his summer of Cena. He's already gone, by the way. The summer yeah. of Cena was like, you know, it was about a month and a half. It was good. Um yeah. The Summer of Punk might be a bigger deal, but uh,
1: uh, yeah, definitely.
0: I did not like the way Cena lost. He, re- he put up a good fight toward the end, but it really was a dominant win by Roman. Um, Cena almost had the, the, the close two on the Super AA, but Roman had this one in the bag. He stood up t- tall, stood up proud at the end of the net. Very similar to how he's walked out of pretty much every single match he's won, which is what makes him the dominant champion. Every one of his matches, he's standing up tall like he beat the shit out of that guy. Typically. Yeah including John Cena, is added to that list. Now Brock Lesnar and him are going to go toe-to-toe, and is Roman Reigns going to go over him clean? Probably.
1: Yeah. And I'm, I'm seeing some reports already that, like, um, USA Network is not happy that all this talent is being stacked on SmackDown instead of anything on Raw. Because it's like you're going to have Rock involved on SmackDown now with Roman, and Raw is just dwindling out there with the uh, Lashley, Goldberg, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus. I mean, I yeah, just it's not looking good over there, man. USA is like, uh, what the hell did we sign up for here?
0: Well, this is the thing; they've been on USA for what forty years.
1: They were on TNT at the one point, right? Well, not though, TNT. TNT. Uh, T- TNT
0: was a television show.
1: TNN. TNN.
0: They did leave for a little while, but yeah. that, but that was like three or four, maybe four, four years, maybe. Yeah. But it was a- they were primetime wrestling in TNT Tuesday night Titans. That was on in the early to mid eighties. And yeah. they so their relationship with the USA network goes back. Yeah. About 40 years, four decades. So now that Vince and things are changing in the WWE, the USA network it, now, what reports have you heard about the USA network, by the way? Because that's a legitimate beat because Raw was the number one show, and they were probably yep. guaranteed it would still be a number one show. But it hasn't yep. been. been terrible, and the ratings are proof of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it it just I well. I
0: didn't
1: I I didn't get a chance to see because I had my fantasy football draft, but I just saw the headline and uh and I was like, you know what? I mean, to me, it seems legit. And it's like, that's definitely an issue that I, I would be approaching if I was on the USA Network. I'd be like, what the hell are you doing? This is like two lopsided shows here now. I think WWE has a huge
0: arrogance about them. They have no idea what's coming. I feel like they're in their bubble. They have no idea that their viewership is going to start tuning out. I'm telling you, people, people don't have enough time in their life for seven or eight hours of professional wrestling a week. Right, we just don't. And if AEW is entertaining them more, they it's they're not might not be directly competing, but they are competing for people's time and viewership, still. And if and WWE just seems completely, completely oblivious to the real world out there, and Mm -hmm. and this is a big indication of it.
1: Yep, it's true.
0: But overall, though the the I didn't love the main event. Roman matches are starting to get a little stale to me, if I can be honest with you.
1: Yeah, yeah, I said it. I get. it. Yeah. Um,
0: it's still an event, but again, Roman better enhance his character a little bit because starting to get he can't do the same thing he's doing. And piggyback because. It's going to get stale sooner or later. I mean, and what are they going to do? Keep on bringing back. All right, you brought back Cena. Now you're bringing back Brock Lesnar. You're going to bring back The Rock. I mean, what the fuck? Eventually, Roman's not going to be able to fight anymore. If you don't have a baby face for him to fight, you guys are in the soup. You got one year to come up with a star for Roman Reigns, or you guys are fucked.
1: Reality. Brian Cage.
0: <sighs> and they tried. They tried everybody. So Seth Rollins. They tried Roman Reigns. Neither neither worked. They need a big baby face to sell those T-shirts and get those and get that big draw and get that big paycheck. They're desperately looking for
1: him. Yeah, but he's never he's not on the roster. Yeah, and their
0: unwillingness to understand the changes that are happening. The difference between now and the mid nineties is that they don't have the talent or the foresight to make a comeback the way Vince McMahon did. I am legitimately concerned that WWE in 10 years may not be a viable option for anyone to rest. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I think Vince McMahon might be WWE. I mean, someone will save it, but but I think a lot of damage is being done with their reputation and with their viewership. And if you betray that view, viewership that's been as loyal as it has been, it's going to be very, very hard to get it back, especially if there's another wrestling show that's putting on a ten a better program than you are.
1: Yeah, uh, this is um, it's the beginning of some trying times, I think, for that company. So they haven't been put in this position since WCW was on air. And that's the thing, and it's it's. There's a lot of ironies going on here with the same channel being involved, and uh, you know, just even the name Rhodes being in the background. That's another sort of aspect. Of, you know, no matter how much you want to rag on Cody, it's part of the equation.
0: And it's kind of ironic that all member, all four members of the Four Horsemen could make an appearance under. You oh yeah, He called that too because already Anderson owns the rights to that. Yeah. So, but anyways, uh, the rest of the fact that we have to get into the Becky Lynch thing. Becky Lynch the yes. second big return. Becky Lynch comes back. And we had a big Bianca Belair entrance. We then had the announcement that Sasha Banks won't compete. Then they announced a big Carmella entrance. We're about five or six minutes into this segment already. Then when they're about to have the match, just about to ring the bell, that we cue the man's music. Becky Lynch comes out. And she cuts a promo about how she starts talking about how she wants a shot at the title and that she's back. She's in full gear. Carmella and her get into a little tassel. She beats up Carmella. She punches her twice and throws her out of the ring and then throws her in the, I don't know, but enough. It was enough to completely knock out Becky Lynch or Carmella for the match. Yeah. Carmella. And Becky Lynch asks Bianca Belair for a shot at the title Bianca agrees. And third, and I would say about a minute and a half later, Becky Lynch won the championship with a kind of a hybrid rock bottom bookend. And they call it the manhandle
1: slam, which is oh my god. Stupid
0: Awful. as fuck. I like Dexploder. They should call something a Bexploder. I love that
1: one. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, like that uh, suplex like Sami Zayn does.
0: Yeah, but so, Bianca Belair, after being treated like a main event star and all that, she absolutely gets a punch in the face and a side slam, ends her run.
1: They really just destroyed that, man. Go on, though.
0: Well, it drew ire of the entire wrestling community on the internet. Hashtag SummerSlam, hashtag terrible was trending because of this moment. It did nothing for Bianca Belair. It did nothing for Becky Lynch. It did nothing. Nah. And it also drew the ire of a WWE Hall of Famer, Nikki Bella, who was asked what her favorite part of the show was. And she said she didn't have a favorite part of the show. She didn't, but I should have said what I didn't like. And she talked about Bianca Belair. Losing her title as quickly as she did, and Nikki Be- Nikki Bella did not hold back from WWE. It looked pretty. I mean, when you have somebody who Nikki Bella, who owes her entire fame, fortune, and everything to WWE, for her to turn on a bad face and say that is fucked,
1: but they don't care. And who's her stepdad? I have no idea who is her stepdad. John Laurinaitis. Oh yeah, you did tell me that. Well that's that speaks volumes for her to say that. That does speak volumes for her to say that probably. Thank, Thanksgiving's gonna be a little uncomfortable. Hey,
0: why'd you gotta say that? You know, why'd you gotta you know my job is Shut. tough. I'm gonna fire people for a fucking living. Shut up, Dad. You're not even my real father, you prick. Give me some more
1: wine. Hey, hate your voice. Your voice is stupid See nobody me. likes you. I don't understand why my mother's seizing you jerk off. Know.
0: Me neither. Me neither, kid. Funk man. It's appropriate that John Laurinaitis is back in the company because I just remember him being part of the company when I just thought it was so bad.
1: Yeah. And then I thought Trump he was make so of. bad.
0: And I was like, Barry Corbin's yeah. back living the high life, by the way. I saw that.
1: He's, he's, he's doing back good in on Vegas.
0: With the, with the money in the bank thing he stole.
1: Yeah. But let, yeah. Let me say something yeah, about right the. Now. uh I don't even want to get into yeah, let me. Let me say about the, the Air thing. Absolutely. Like,
0: what is your take? Let me give, you good, let me take is, give you a proper intro. Need a proper intro, Baylor. So, in okay. Baylor, what is your take with the return of Becky Lynch and the <laughs> impending doom of the Bianca Belair push?
1: You know what, man? It, it, it's really, for them to go and build Bianca Belair up since her, prior to um, WrestleMania and have her get like basically squashed by a returning Becky Lynch. It basically destroyed everything you built with her. And for her to not even just go toe to toe and have a decent match, just ridiculous, to be quite honest with you. And, um, it's well, really, rem- before you go there, really,
0: yeah. before you, if I want to interrupt you, but I wanted to bring a point why I brought up all the, the amount of time that the entrances took because go ahead. How long was the match?
1: Huh. Yeah, a minute and a half, and it, you said it took about six minutes for all the entrances, and and to me, this is very like reminiscent of uh, Brock Lesnar and Kofi. The match Vince itself was like,
0: actually no, the match itself was only twenty seven seconds, but I'm saying a minute and a half okay. after that
1: happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I got you. So yeah, but still, it's a it's a complete squash. It's as yep. if Bianca Belair doesn't belong in a ring, and oh, she was caught off guard by returning Becky Lynch, and she forgot how to wrestle. That's how talented she is. That she was able to win at WrestleMania against Sasha Banks, and all of a sudden, a Becky Lynch with her fire red hair came back, and this poor girl forgot how to wrestle. Just ridiculous, man. Like, yeah, like it's 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 really just a shot into the the balls of the entire universe, and it's just like Vince's like, all right, we're gonna put the belt on Becky Lynch. <laughs> She's returning. She's coming back. Is she gonna go on SmackDown? She's white hot. Damn it, she's why the crowd loved it. Remember,
0: we weren't even gonna put her in the main event at WrestleMania, and she worked her way in. Magic, and she hasn't been the same ever since, homie. And she fucked that up too, Vince. Just saying
1: that, yeah, man. Yeah, so just you know, it's disappointing as you seeing how they handled it, and it's and and you know what, again, it, 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 like. What what was the reasoning to have Bianca Belair be, quote unquote, developed at NXT to learn the the WWE way to go and have a WrestleMania moment be put to the moon where she's beating Sasha Banks and becoming women's champion for SmackDown? And then, oh, because there's a big star returning, everything that you've learned and gained so far, we're just going to go and just sweep it under that rug and forget about it.
0: It's bullshit.
1: <laughs> That's all I can say about it. Hey, like, like, you know, there's nobody in that room to go say to Vince, hey, Vince, you just went and turned back the clock in a negative way and are destroying, like, hey, on the dude side, on the guy's side of wrestling here, we have no faces. Nobody's developed any in the last, say, five to ten years. Um, and we have to depend on part-timers coming back to make this even interesting. Yeah you're going to do the same thing with women's wrestling. Like, why would you go and destroy both sides of, you know, your company here? It's just sad. I don't understand like how, you know, it's just Pritchard being a, a yes man and Johnny Ace being a yes man. And like, there's no dissent.
0: And if, to well, consider something. Is, to they're squashed out. That's the problem. Yeah. That's why yeah, Heyman, yeah, I mean, that's why Heyman didn't last on Raw.
1: Yeah. He had one night of control, I believe he said.
0: And there was like one good episode in that entire run. So maybe.
1: Right, right. And you could, we could probably pinpoint it.
0: Because we, we were actually wondering why it was so bad. Like, it wasn't very good for Paul Heyman. Yeah. But. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, you, you but, bring yeah, up a uh,
0: point, and obviously people but, are bringing up the fact that Vince is always... Been rumored to not being super warm and fuzzy with the black wrestlers in terms of giving him pushes. I mean, how long did it take for him to have a black champion? Let's be honest.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Was The Rock?
1: I uh, think it was. It was, right?
0: Rock in 1990, rock. It was the first black world champion that WWE ever had.
1: Yeah. It wasn't like Ernie Ladd or anything, right?
0: No, Ernie Ladd was, I believe, an intercontinental champion, but never world
1: champion. Okay, okay, all right.
0: No, he, you know, come on. No. You're lucky you got Rocky Johnson and, and Tony Atlas getting the World Tag Team titles back then. They were the first black champion ever in WWE, by the way. Wow. Now, that was the 70s, whatever, we'll give him a pass. But the, no one's going to tell me that, that Vince McMahon, I mean, just, hey, look, look at Kofi Kingston. How is his great... It's almost an exact identical story. Yeah. Exact same story. Great guy. Busted his ass. And even worse with Kofi because he's been there a lot longer than Bianca.
1: Over with the crowd.
0: So over with the crowd. And then he squashed him. Like, you couldn't have him have a good match with Lesnar? Like, why do they have to be squash matches? Unentertaining squash matches. Oh, it's just so stupid. So fucking stupid.
1: It's frustrating. Uh,
0: your boy, not carrying cross, the other guy. My boy. For the, for, probably the best match of the night, I would assume.
1: Damian Priest?
0: Damian Priest. That was probably my favorite match of the night overall, to be honest with you, in terms of the story that they told.
1: Yeah, evidently, Vince is high on Damian Priest.
0: Great. Cool. He's all right. He's, is he an archer? What's with the bow? What's with the... F- with that guy,
1: he's the archer of infamy.
0: Oh, is that what his thing is? Yeah, I haven't heard. It. I thought he was Bad Bunny's roadie.
1: Uh, he was that as well. It's he quite diverse.
0: That was his shtick. He was kind of like Test, he just got this, this big dude from the road.
1: That was his uh, original thing. He was what a, a roadie for what Motley Crue or something,
0: security guy for Motley Crue.
1: That is it. Yeah.
0: That is a great – who would have thought Tess to be the one dead out of all those guys?
1: Yeah, like crew's still ticking. <laughs> I think they're Bits, going back on Bits the Neal, Neal looks like shit, but it's okay. He's fat as fuck. Yeah, have you seen like any of uh, these videos of him, like where he, I guess he's just doing like Vince Neil concerts and it's like he could barely get through the songs and then they are uh, closed captioning with what it's the words it sounds like that he's saying during the show? Oh my God. It's pretty I funny, say, man. Watch out. They're like, watch out. stop my heart. Watch out.
0: Yeah. I mean, hey, I'm not going to shit on Motley Crue. I love Motley Crue. They're one of, they're my favorite hair band. So there you go. Really. I, like, I only like 3 or 4 of them though. So
1: Guns N' Roses? Yes or no?
0: Yes. Guns N' Roses does make okay. the list. Even though I will say I like Motley Crue as Human Beings a lot more than the Guns N' Roses folk. House mm. of Roses is kind of a douche. But I digress. So Karrion Cross gets his Sorry, I do it again. Damian Priest gets his title. Good yes. match. Sure, you're happy about that. And then he went up challenging, coming out, interrupting Bobby Lashley. And then there was a mixed tag. I don't want to talk about Raw. Yeah. Um, tag team titles, as everyone thought, that opened the show, and the very popular RK Bros won the match. Just like we, what did we say two months ago, three months ago, that was going to happen?
1: Yeah, we're like they're going to be they're going to be the ones to beat AJ and almost.
0: And then Randy Orton took a weird time off for no reason. I don't know what the hell happened there. Yeah. He comes back and then pick up right where he left off. He has nice facial hair. And our key bro is now the tag team t- champions. Riddle, already a U.S. champion and a tag team champion already, having a very good run and successful run at the main roster.
1: Yeah. They're digging him for sure.
0: I digress. I, by the way, I take that back. Uh, Edge Seth Rollins was probably the best match of the night. Okay. Edge came you out like the bro- playing Grail, which like the which bro- everyone I didn't think it was that big.
1: Yeah, like, I like they make, a, you know, here they're making references to the brood. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, the brood wasn't really that big of a deal. No. Like.
0: And they make it, like, legendary. Like, their entrance. Oh, my God, that entrance. Oh. I was like, dude, I didn't. I thought it was goofy. He's not a vampire. Yeah. He was a fucking vampire. Come on, dude.
1: Yeah, seriously.
0: Gangrel, that whole character was about ten years too late. Maybe five years yeah. A vampire, really? Yeah. And he, and he douses in that, in that and, and Edge is doing black bloodbath. I mean, uh, so I don't know what Seth Rollins does from here, though. It was a good match. Edge wins with it the executioner. It's just uh, well, he hit him with a spear. No, I think he hit him with a spear, too, to win the match.
1: Okay.
0: Yes, he hit him with a spear. Uh, had a really good finisher, a really good – It's the executioner. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's kind of like a instead of a leg, you use your arms. A sharpshooter. So you turn the guy over like a lawnmower. He's faced like that. Yeah. He's faced down. But instead of you being behind him and in with your legs, he's in front of you with your arms. Okay. Really good finisher. I love that hold. I absolutely friggin' love it. It looks and it looks badass too.
1: Okay. Cool. Yeah, I like it. I like what's going on with them, but I don't know what the whole nostalgic act is with uh, the freaking brood years, man. I didn't
0: get that either. I thought that was weird.
1: Yeah, uh, overrated.
0: And now let's get to the pièce de la resistance. There's a couple other maps we're not going to get new, but let's get into... The man, Bill Goldberg, and his jerk-off kid.
1: I get goosebumps every time I hear that song.
0: Both of them. <laughs> and I, the match was goofy and stupid, as you may appear. Bill Goldberg did almost kill Bobby Lashley. And these these all happened, by the way. Um, Bill Goldberg did hit a spear. Um, wow. So did Bobby Lashley. But the match turned on a dime when MVP seemingly with the opposite hand he should be swinging with hit Goldberg in the leg with what seems to be a not the most dangerous cane in the world. After that, Goldberg sold it as if he was run over by a truck, and his leg was just run over. Lastly, worked on the leg a little bit. Then the referee stopped the match. That's your finish. So, Goldberg is such a pussy, he gets tapped in the leg with a cane, and he can't go on. So, anyone to say how tough Goldberg is, they could suck it. Guy's a
1: pussy. Yeah, he's not really that tough.
0: But the highlight of the match was when his jerk-off kid jumped on top of Bobby Lashley, and Bobby Lashley threw him in the hurt lock and knocked him out. That's great. It was great.
1: Um, I mean, that makes it worth the pay-per-view right there.
0: I actually popped, and by the way, the crowd popped for it.
1: Great. They should. It's <laughs> just I mean, funny. Really...
0: Why are you pushing covert? Nobody likes them anymore.
1: Right, exactly. He does get like, ratings,
0: though. Oh. They got a ratings bump with them, though. They have to admit that.
1: And, and off of this, they should make Lashley more of a face and bring back the Hurt business.
0: Is not one of them gone? Who was in the Hurt? It was uh, are they both from WWE still? Didn't one of them get
1: hurt? Yeah, they're still there. I don't think they got released. Now I think they're both there. Just wondering what could have been. It's like a way for Vince to sort of torture them.
0: They might bring it back. Who knows? Hey, I just, just be happy that Bobby Lashley's present was still the champion.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm cool with that. Vince is like, all right, let's do this right. And they did it right for once. How close do
0: you think they were
1: putting the title on Goldberg? What do you think? A little bit. Having a cover like one show, comes back a Ron and Lashley wins it again. No, no, shouldn't do that. Okay, okay. Yeah, they were probably very close. Goldberg is only bad
0: about five. He's only about, I think he's under 500 since his return. He's about 500 500.
1: Yeah, his record sucks, but his bank account is just awesome right now. Jerk off, kid. That
0: was SummerSlam, and it was the most watched. And this is is the difference between WWE and AEW. (sighs) WWE is concentrated. It was the most watched SummerSlam. Highest grossing SummerSlam ever. First of all, you can manipulate numbers any way to dance the way you want Nikon. Secondly, though, if you're just talking about the numbers, you should be more talking about how your event was hashtagged with terrible, for, and it was trending for about an hour. That's what they should pay attention to, not the successes. But that's kind of in par what they're doing. They're, they're working on all their financial successes, and they're forgetting, and they are treating their target audience, their customers – like, they're fucking idiots. And eventually, they're going to start dying off. By the way, big news this week. Yes. Rampage beat SmackDown in the demographic of 20, eighteen to 35 or
1: 34. Wow, it's pretty big.
0: Yeah. I mean, imagine it. So, it's not a big deal because SmackDown had about, I think, eight more, 800,000 more viewers, but the door, they're coming there. The gap is a lot closer than it was folks.
1: I mean, it did help to have CM Punk return. I mean, it's a huge night, but uh, let's see what happens uh, moving forward with it. That's something to keep an eye on.
0: So what do you think is going to happen with Brock Lesnar? Are you looking forward to the promo with Paul Heyman? What is your thoughts on what Paul Heyman's going to say?
1: You know, I think it's going to create some doubt, like, um, you know, like Brock might play it off with Heyman where it's like Roman's going to question whether or not like Paul Heyman's there. And I can even see the Usos like being a little bit like distrusting and trying to feed Roman with, hey, Us, Us, he ain't one of us, Us, you know, like, and he's always been like a slimy, like hype man. And they might try to play that a little bit, and then I I'm just hoping that that Haman is just loyal to Roman and. But he will be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking too. You know.
0: And we know this is going to end. This is going to end with a pay per view at Roman Reigns beast, Brock Lesnar. We know how this is going to end.
1: Yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, they should put Brock on Raw, really. And what did we get? I
0: think we both got every single match right, with the exception of Rhea Ripley, and I got the other women's match wrong. The Alexa Bliss, whatever. I don't want to talk about that.
1: How's your record against me? I forget. We
0: are now. I am down four going into All Out, so I need at least uh, to get a two bagger this time around. But we might have the same picks. That's the problem. You can have the same exact like, picks.
1: I know, I know. And you were actually up by three. So it's like an actual seven match swing. This is like an entire pay-per-view. I'm spotting you almost.
0: Well, that's the way you can look at it. I I look at it like I had a very good beginning to the year. You had a better, very good middle. And now it's time for the end. and We'll see what happens. Everything's three acts, my friend. I gotta be I
1: gotta
0: be within one or two going into November though. I have to close the, the, the gap to match. But hey, look, we can pick completely different. I don't think we're gonna pick a lot different on all out. All out looks a little predictable to be honest,
1: even though it's an exciting uh, card. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be a good match good matches and stuff, but yeah, we should be able to I would assume that we'll probably be within one match of each other. You know?
0: I don't I can't think of one match we're gonna get different. Okay. I really can't. The only one that might be questionable was Jericho and JF. I might go MJF and you might go Jericho. That's the only one that we might have different. Besides right, that, right. Moxie's beating Shibata. Britt Baker's beating Statlander. Kenny's beating Cage. The Bucks are beating mm-hmm. whoever they beat. And CM Punk's beating Darby Allen.
1: Who do you think going to be? Is it going to be Penta and uh, Phoenix or is it going to be uh, Jungle Boy and uh, Dino Douche? I pray to
0: Christ. I mean, why would you have that match again? Are you WWE? So I'm hoping I know. So I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be the Lucha Brothers. I cannot see them beating the Lucha Brothers ever. Can you see that being and a legitimate it, win?
1: I don't know. And it's, I, I see, to me, it, it ties into the whole uh, Andrade thing. Do they win because of him, perhaps? Or do they lose
0: because Pac wasn't there to back him up?
1: That might be the thing, too. Yeah.
0: So there's that. So I think we yeah. both have the assumption Andrade is going to eventually take and the, and the yeah the I, and Alex Abrahantes will still be part of that package
1: too. He needs it. Just needs to be him, Andrade, and Penta, and Phoenix.
0: You're not a Chavo fan, or that dude right, or that other guy.
1: He, they can get rid of those two guys, and and you put Alex Abrahantes there with them, and it, that would be magic. And having him be the mouthpiece and the arrogant mouthpiece for them, that would be great. Yeah, Chavo just got his job because it's Chavo. Yeah.
0: Better than Vicky. Excuse me? Chavo's been boring as fuck, too. Anyone can do his job. Hmm. Whatever. We're good. Yeah. So... Any other thoughts we got going into after SummerSlam? So, WWE kind of chills out a little bit overall. There's no other storylines that I'm even sinking my teeth into other than Roman Reigns.
1: Do you so, see Carrion okay. Cross's uh, new uh, outfit? This Is his new gear?
0: Yes, by the way. Uh, Cross is his name. He's just going to go by Cross, and he's now the newest member of Demolition. Congratulations. Yeah.
1: It looked yes, like. Smash, yes, the-
0: crush, and now Cross.
1: Yeah, it looked like Demolition meets the Sultan.
0: Yeah, it was a different color. Yeah, it was. I don't. Well, now let's talk about since we're done with SummerSlam and good job bringing up Karrion Cross, Hard mm-hmm. ass. Thank oh. you. Karrion Cross loses to Samoa Joe on NXT TakeOver this past weekend. And Karrion Cross got the old, OK, let's see the reaction of the guy leaving because he's going to WWE main roster. Yeah. And the crowd did not respond, I think, the way it was intended. There was not a it was not a love fest. They were chanting goodbye, and you could tell Cross wanted like that cheer that I gave you my blood.
1: He doesn't deserve it. He
0: doesn't deserve it. So he gets kind of laughed off. They sing the na 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 goodbye song. Conversely, Adam Cole loses his two out of three falls match to Kyle O'Reilly, and there is no fanfare whatsoever. He is carried off by two referees. And that might be the last time you see Adam Cole on WWE television. And that two out of three falls match was. The performers worked their asses off and they did a great job, but it was booked, nailed
1: in. Oh, wow.
0: (laughs) It was a quick match, quick roll up. Did you see it? Were you able to watch this
1: match? No, I, I didn't get a chance now.
0: Nope. So the ma- it was really one really long match and two short matches.
1: Oh, okay, match, I got you.
0: First match was a Kylo Riley roll up. I think he got him in the old Owen Hart pin, not really a roll up, but you know what I mean. A good, a good, yeah. a good interesting pin, but way too early. Secondly, was it a street fight, which was where the bulk of it was. Good, good, solid match. Adam Cole wins that one, obviously. I mean, do you ever see a two? I mean, you might have seen one. My entire yeah. life. It was good to hit a three. Come on. So after that, they lower the cage down. They fight. They brawl a little bit, a couple of finishers. Then Adam Cole busts out the handcuffs. And they were big enough where Kyle O'Reilly, I guess he has a leg lock submission that I was unaware of. The heel hook. Yeah. He put Cole in the heel hook and, and Cole tapped. And I'm not exaggerating. And that's why he, he didn't give him that moment. That's why I think this happened. He tapped within like two seconds. He did not sell it. He did not try to make a moment. He said, ah, done. And that happens often when a wrestler is not happy when he's leaving. Yeah. And if you had any other time just by body language alone, the fact that Adam Cole tapped out in that match that quickly to end his career, he just wanted it over.
1: Yeah. Symbolic.
0: Oh, you got me. It was like that. It was like, oh, oh. it was just like that. He sold it for two seconds.
1: Yeah, 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 he's gone.
0: (laughs) And again, no fanfare. So I thought, what is your opinion on giving Adam Cole no fanfare and carrying across his fanfare? It got to be just a joke.
1: Well, yeah, you know whats it is, they're not going to give him the moment because he didn't re-sign with the company. It's not like when Sami Zayn went against uh, Nakamura and wrestled his ass off, and then he, they knew he was going to go to the uh, main roster for like, you know, from that point forward. So Sami had his moment. Here, carrying cross he's being promoted, he's going up, and he's trying to act like, hey, I was a dominant champ. But truth be told, I don't think really people care about him too much unless Scarlett's there with him.
0: I got to be honest with you, I don't think people cared about him anyway. I think you, you being an NXT fan, but yeah. overall, uh, I mean, that guy, to quote the great Roman Reigns, that guy never moved the needle at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, like, more people were into Balor in that feud. They were hoping Balor would win, and, you know, Balor put him over, you know. it's a It's a big dude that you know, Vince usually is frothing at the mouth for Ballard's that kind guy. of guy.
0: That was a little guy, though, man. He ain't going to be being event in WrestleMania anytime
1: time. Yeah, but, you know, you hear Balor's putting over Cross, this, you know, menacing type dude that Vince tends to love. Yep. And then here he had a great, he was, take save what well, you will, Cross had a great entrance going into NXT. And then it was probably one of the best things about his, his his matches, really. And what, is, what do they do at at the main level? They're like, oh, this thing sucks. Let's change it. Let's put him into like a sultan mask and, and make him one uh, uh, honorary member of, uh, of demolition. It doesn't make any sense. Like, why wouldn't you want this incredible-looking blonde woman who's his wife to come out there, and this is almost like paganistic, sat- satanic thing going on, and it gives it some sort of appeal. This is just garbage. And, and it's not going to go well. No. no. Oh, he's a big
0: guy. Oh, he's a big guy in the main roster. Ooh. Yeah. Fucking
1: and, you guys. know, the, the and, and the other thing is, too, part of the reason that they don't give a shit about him is, like, he came up to Raw and he got job to Jeff Hardy. I've heard that there's been times where they've chanted Jeff Hardy's name. Then I've also heard that, like, on the main roster, when he comes out, there's been chance of, we want Scarlett. I will say this. It's funny you say that. They
0: said, we want Hardy after the match. They were chanting, that, was one, of the, that was one of the chants, yeah.
1: yeah see, so so now that. He,
0: he did not gain the respect of the NXT universe. And again, it's WWE and it's Vince McMahon and whoever making these decisions, not knowing what the audience wants. And now someone's going to start giving them something that they want. And they, oh, my God. I, I mean, it's just, they're so oblivious to this other. They really don't watch themselves. I'm telling you, within five years, USA is pissed off. They're not going to give them the same money. Fox isn't going to give them the same money. WWE may have made a lot, a ton of money the last year, year and a half. Let's see where they're at in five years. kind of money they making. Yeah. Without mere, let me preface this without a significant philosophical some philosophical change in how they book their shows, right? That's where we're at in the world yeah. of professional wrestling today, folks. Impaler, yes, sir. Seems like it's tale of two organizations right now.
1: It is, man. It uh, you see one's rising from the ashes like a phoenix, and uh, I would say that the other one is starting to. Uh, Pummel down the great dark abyss of mediocrity. Um, No, dude, it's not mediocrity. They've been mediocre for 20 years. It's an abyss of mediocrity. It's even worse.
0: (laughs) And honestly, and I wanted to say this, I brought up earlier, the, all the ironies and, and the comparisons between WWE, or, or WWE today against AEW and WWE against WCW. And right now, you would say we're right around, I guess CM Punk and Daniel Bryan collectively would be considered, well, just for shits and giggles, we'll compare that to Hall and Nash. The whys of why those guys left, and I think I mentioned this last week, the whys of why Hall and Nash went over to WCW was what? Money. Lots of it. An easier schedule.
1: Yeah,
0: Being able to spend more time with their family. Doing all these other things. The reason everyone's leaving WWE to go to AEW is because they love professional wrestling and they want to be professional wrestlers. Not jerk-off superstars.
1: It's definitely part of it.
0: I know. That's why I said it.
1: Yeah. They definitely checked the jerk-off superstar box.
0: I might end the show on that. I like that, what I said there. There you go. <laughs> so, Impaler, what else do we got going on? Anything else that you want to get off your chest, or should we end it there? I don't know. I can edit whatever the fuck I want. I'm wearing a Hot Rod shirt.
1: <laughs> it's true. You're just a loose cannon right now. Uh, yeah, man, we're good to go, I'd say. Uh, we touched all bases, and it's uh, it's late here or early here on a Friday morning.
0: Well, It's never too early to bust your ass and go out there and work. Hard work is one of the five values, as you know, Impaler. You know the five values? Um, Hard work, honesty, kindness, gratitude, and, of course, love. Saltiness? That's you, my friend. Oh, it's true. I could be salty. Just like that, like that French fry. Hell yeah. So, all right, folks, thank you so much for listening to High Spots at Ops. We'll check you guys check out tomorrow when I'll be back with another take and a review of SmackDown and AEW Rampage. We'll see you guys next time for the Impaler. This is Silicon Steve Valley. This is the High Spots Cheap Ops Wrestling Radio Network. I'll talk to you guys
1: soon.